here we find ourselves on the first uh, Sunday of 2024. And uh, we're just believing for a great year uh, as a church community. You know, last year, 2023, we saw God do so much. Um, in each and every single congregation, we saw so many lives come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ, so many things uh, change. And so we're believing for a, a, an incredible 2024 as a church community. Now, for you, maybe 2023 wasn't the greatest year of your life. Maybe you look back and, uh, you know, when we reached the 31st of December, so often some people are saying, oh, yeah, it was an incredible year. This happened and this happened and all over social media. There's all these memory videos. And for you, maybe on the 31st of December, you just thought, I'm so glad to see the back of 2023. Maybe that was your experience for you and your family. But our hope, as we talked about last week, is that you would still know what it is to remain thankful for God's faithfulness, no matter what stuff has gone on around you. Because no matter what goes on around us, God's goodness and his faithfulness do not change. Do we believe that this morning? Amen? And so we're believing this coming year uh, as a whole church, remember one church in many different locations, for just a year of impact, a year of increase for us here in Family Church haven't. Uh, there's so much on our hearts and what we're believing for over the next 12 months. And so on the 28th of uh, January... I make a note in your diaries, 28th of January, we're going to have our Vision uh, Sunday. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what we're believing for uh, this year. We're also going to introduce the, the key theme uh, over our lives, a key word as we always do, uh, over our church life in 2024. And then over the next couple of weeks after that, we're going to take time to unpack uh, the vision locally and also to unpack the theme a little bit more. So full of expectation, make sure you're around for that. But between now and then, I wanted to start the new year um, with a, just a short three-part message series that I pray is going to set us up for a healthy 2024. So if you've got a Bible with you, turn it to uh, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. 3 John 1, 2. If you don't have a Bible with you, then the words will be up on the screen behind me. If you don't have a Bible at all and uh, you're new to the faith, then please come and speak to us after the service. We want to put a Bible in your hand because it's so vital um, to your journey of faith. Now, let me just set the context for these verses because uh, these words that we're about to read find themselves at the beginning um, of a letter written by John. Uh, the same John who wrote the Gospel of John, the same John who was a disciple of Jesus, the same John who wrote the letters 1, 2, and 3 John that you read in the New Testament, and the same John who wrote the book of Revelation. And he writes this letter at a time when there's disagreement in the early church. There's been fallout, uh, there's been relational chaos. And so he writes to a man named Gaius, who was a faithful part of the early church, and he starts with this greeting. He says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, at the start of 2024, this is mine and Kirsty's prayer and hope for each and every single person who calls Family Church Haven't Home over the coming year, that each and every single one of us would experience a prosperous and healthy year. Now, there's two aspects of what John speaks of in this moment. So let's just take a moment to look at those two words that he uses, health and prosper. The first one that he uses is the word health. Now, in this instance, we know that John was talking about physical health, and obviously physical health is a key part of what it is to be in health overall. But the reality is, as you know, that you can be in health in one area of your life and yet be incredibly unhealthy in another area of your life. You may be in health physically, 
yet be involved in some really unhealthy relationships around your life. You may be in health financially, and yet you may be really unhealthy spiritually. So I want to put the spotlight here throughout this series on health in all areas of our lives. Now, when you look at the definition for health, this is what it says on Google. It says, health is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. In other words, it's not just the absence of something negative, but it's the presence of something positive in our lives. So if you were to talk about physical health, it's not just the absence of disease or cancer or something like that, but it's the ability to, I don't know, run up the stairs without being completely out of breath. There's a sense of health in your life. Now, when we look at that in terms of our life overall, many of you may have heard it said this way before, not just surviving, but thriving. But that's our hope for you, each and every single one of you in 2024. That's our hope for our lives, for us as a church community, that we would know in 2024 what it is not just to survive, but to thrive. Now, what could that look like over our lives spiritually? It looks like not just being saved and having our redemption and our ticket to heaven, but actually that we would thrive, that we would be walking in obedience to God, following Jesus, his disciple, and unpacking everything that that means for us in our lives. What does that look like relationally? It looks like not just avoiding arguments or disagreements with those that are close to you, but actually having vibrant relationships that are healthy, that iron sharpens iron, that there's encouragement within it, that there's love within it, that you have great relationships around your life. Financially, what does that look like? Not that you would just survive month to month, and have enough to make it through to the end of a month for the next paycheck, but that you'd have some margin where you can live with generosity and that you can know what it is to not be consumed by financial burdens. What does it look like on terms of our purpose? That you wouldn't just exist Monday to Sunday, but we'd be living each and every single day with a sense of purpose and fulfillment and so on and so on and so on. So our hope over your lives, over our lives, over our church in 2024 is that we wouldn't just experience the absence of negatives, but that we would experience an abundance of spiritual positives. Amen? Amen. You with me this morning? Okay, so John talks about health. Another word that he uses is his word prosper. Now, the reality is that sometimes when we hear this word prosper, especially in Christian circles, we wince. And, And we kind of automatically know immediately why it is we wince, because so many people have used this word prosper to teach something which is a prosperity gospel that is all about how much money you have in your bank account is a very westernized view of Christianity and quite often a very unbiblical view of what it is to walk in biblical prosperity. Yet the reality is we can't throw the baby out with a bathwater because this is what the Bible speaks of. John uses the word prosper. John says, I pray that you would prosper in all things. Now, he never said, I I pray that you would be financially rich, though there's nothing wrong with wealth if it's used effectively in full God's kingdom. He never said that. He said, I pray that you would prosper in all things. Now, that word prosper literally meant this, to have a good journey. But when people wrote letters, as John was doing, remember this was a letter, not meant to necessarily be a book. He was writing a letter to a guy in a church, and it was a very often a common phrase that was like saying, I hope that things go well for you. And so John says, I pray that you would have a good journey. I hope it all goes well for you. I pray that you would prosper in all things. Everybody say, all things. things. 
not, not just one area called your finances. I pray that you would prosper in all things. How many of you this year want your family, if you've got one, to prosper? Right? You want your family to prosper. How many you want your ministry to prosper? And you say, well, I, I, I haven't got a ministry. That's you because you've got a microphone, you're on the stage. No, every single one of us has a ministry. All of us are in full-time ministry. What is ministry? It's doing what God has called you to do, where he has placed you, for his glory, with excellence. Amen? Amen. So you have a ministry in your workplace, despite if you call yourself a pastor, whether you're in the church. All of us are ministers of what God has called us to do. We want ministry to prosper. We want career to prosper. We want friendships to prosper. So over the next three weeks, we want to look at what we can do in 2024 with God's help to position ourselves for a healthy and prosperous 2024. Now what we can't account for, and what I can't guarantee to you today, is what the world will look like over this coming year. What I can't determine for you is how people will act towards you, how they will react towards you and respond to you. I can't determine, we can't determine right now how people are going to treat us this year. We can't forecast some stuff that may come alongside us and sweep us off our feet, surprises that we didn't see coming. But what we can do is take responsibility with God's help for saying, this year I will position my life to live the healthiest and most spiritually prosperous year that I can in 2024. So next week, we're going to talk about having a healthy mindset. Because if we're going to live a healthy and prosperous year, spiritually this year, then we need to have a healthy mindset. The, the week after that, we're going to talk about having healthy relationships. Because the relationships in your life can either draw you to a place of health or can actually take you to an unhealthy place in your life. So we're going to talk about our relationships. But this week, we're going to talk about having healthy priorities. Healthy priorities. Because a healthy and prosperous 2024 will stem from you having healthy priorities this coming year. Now, that's not rocket science. That's an obvious that whatever you prioritize this year will be of greatest importance to you over the next 12 months. We know what priorities are. We have them on a daily basis, right? If you have school-aged children, then when you wake up in the morning, one of your priorities is to get your children to school, Right? One of your priorities isn't in the morning to say, hey, I wonder how many Star Wars films we can watch back to back this morning. Uh, I wonder where we can do all the, the Rocky trilogy. Let's do it all. Uh, I wonder if we can you know, fix this 10,000 piece puzzle this morning. Your priority on that morning is to get your kids off to school. When you turn up for work, whatever work looks like, you have priorities. These are things that I want to get done today. These are my priorities in my life. And so we understand what a priority is. And they will look different on different seasons and different days and different moments of our lives. Right? You may have a huge desire to go to the all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet. But if you happen to be running a marathon on that day, that priority probably determines that that isn't the day to do that. We understand what priorities are all about in our everyday life. We understand this concept, and as we find ourselves at the beginning of another new year, it's a great time not to make resolutions that are here today and gone tomorrow, broken by the 10th of January, but to actually determine to clearly define your priorities this year in order that you would position yourself for a healthy and prosperous year ahead. Now, you may say, is it really that important? Does it, can I just kind of see what happens? I don't really like being somebody who has priorities, can I just see how this year pans out? Well, well, I believe it's of huge importance. And let me just outline for you 
this morning a few reasons why I believe that to be true. The first one is this, that healthy priorities remove distractions and create focus. Healthy priorities remove distractions and create focus. In life, we are surrounded by daily distractions, right? And we are living in a generation where the stuff that we can be distracted by is growing on a daily basis. Uh, a few years ago, I spoke a message about distraction. And at that time, I shared this, this study that showed that the average person touches their phone over 2,600 times a day. On the upper end of that scale, the average person up there touches their phone 5,400 times a day. Now, I'll leave you to decide where you are on that spectrum. And some of you with your spouse next to you are staring at them right now. But you decide where you are on that spectrum. And I know that obviously our phones do a whole lot. We use them for a whole lot more than just texting and phoning. That we now do banking online. We do, we do so much on our phones. And yet the reality is some of that will be distraction. The average adult today spends two and a half hours a day on social media. But when somebody is born today and as they grow up, the latest data suggests that on average they will spend six years, eight months of their life on social media. Now again, I'm not saying, oh, ban social media is terrible. There are aspects of social media that are great, sometimes even healthy in terms of connection, but there are aspects of it that, let's be real, are just distractions. A survey in 2019, revealed that three out of four workers feel constantly distracted at work for a variety of reasons when they're trying to do their work. We live in a distracted world. And that sense of distraction can creep into our lives on a bigger scale where we start off a year by saying, God, this is what I want to see take place this year. And this is my priority. And this is what I want to do. And we end it at the end of December looking back thinking a whole lot of that didn't come to pass. Why? Because distractions came into our lives. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 4 says about focus and distraction. Proverbs 4, 25 to 27 says this, Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. Watch where you are going. Stick to the path of truth and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or take the detour that leads to darkness. Ignore life's distractions what great wisdom because the truth is we can be distracted and thrown off by so much we can be distracted by sin by fear by wealth by busyness by hobbies by work by people's opinions by gossip the list could go on and the reality is all those things whilst they're not all bad they all have this in common that they draw us away from godly priorities and can prevent us from experiencing a healthy and prosperous life it's when we commit to clarifying, knowing, and sticking to healthy priorities. It will help us to remove distractions and create focus because healthy priorities will cause us to live with more intention. You see, when it comes to how we use our time, time being our greatest commodity, right? You can always get more of everything, but you can never get more of time. When it comes to how we use our time on a daily basis, on a monthly basis, are we intentional about that or do we just fritter it away? Because the reality is this, maybe, just maybe, if we remove the distractions that aren't worth our time, we'll have enough time for all the things of worth. Let me say that again, it will come up on the screen. If we remove the distractions that aren't worth our time, we'll have enough time for all the things 
of worth. Ephesians 5, 16 to 17 in the Amplified says, Make the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence, because the days are filled with evil. Therefore, do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand and firmly grasp what the will of the Lord is. Healthy priorities remove distractions and create focus. Here's another one. Healthy priorities help us to put God first. You see, as a follower of Jesus Christ, the bottom line is this, that our priorities should be based upon his priorities. And one day Jesus was teaching a crowd of people. He was talking about a number of different things. And he comes to a point where he says this phrase, a very well-known phrase. It's recorded in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need seek the kingdom of God above all else in other words have healthy priorities that put God first now let's just look at the context in which he said those words he's just been talking for a whole period of time about worry and just before he talks about worry the reason he starts talking about worry is because he's talking about finances And Jesus begins to outline some everyday things that he wasn't saying weren't important. He was saying there's this everyday stuff like what what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear and what you're going to drink. The everyday things of life. He wasn't saying they weren't important. But he was saying they can become a distraction and consume our thinking and our priorities. Now we could today add a whole load of bunch of stuff to that list that he gave. And at the end of saying all of those things, he says those things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. My career, my health, all these different things, my finances, my relationship. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, material needs. They can become a distraction and people can spend their days, their weeks, their months, their years worrying. But he says, you seek the kingdom of God above all else. Have single-minded commitment to God and make him and his ways your priority. Now that doesn't mean that Jesus is saying you can't have dreams. That doesn't mean Jesus is saying you can't have goals for different areas of your life. What it's saying is this. What does it look like to say, I want to seek God first in my family this coming year? What does it look like to say, God, I want to seek you first in my career over the next 12 months? I want to seek you first in my finances. What does it look like to honor him with our bodies and to look after the vehicle that he's given us to use in our life this year? How does all of this affect my priorities this coming year? Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Paul, the apostle Paul put it this way once when he was writing to the church in Philippi and he's writing about different things and he lays out for us a great statement that can become something that we can use to set our priorities this year. In Philippians 3 verse 10 he puts it so simply, just five words. He says, I want to know Christ. I want to know Christ. And he goes on to talk about, I want to share in his sufferings. I want to know his power by his spirit. But essentially he says, I want to know Christ. Not just know about him, because that's religion. And Paul had walked away from religion. He'd done nothing for him. He says, I want to know him. I want to have a vibrant, growing, real relationship with him that makes a difference to my life and my priorities this year. What if that priority 
was a simple recipe to us living our most healthy and prosperous year this year. But yes, I want to see you do this, God. And yes, I've got plans for this area of my life. And yes, I've got goals that I want to reach in different areas of who I am. But this year, I am seeking the kingdom of God above all else. This year, I want to know Christ, not just know about him, but know him for myself. Because the more I know him, the more I'm like him. The more I know him, the more I understand who I am in him. The more I know him, the more I understand what's available to me as his follower. Listen, this year, if you want to have a greater marriage, if you want to be a better spouse, if you want to be a better colleague, if you want to be a better parent, if you want to be a greater friend, if you want to see different things go to a new place in your life, it comes by being more Christ-like. If you want to experience more joy this year, you say, I just don't know what it is to experience joy. Year after year, I'm just about just muddling through and making it through. If you want to experience joy in all its fullness this year, it comes by experiencing the love of Christ within you. Amen? Amen. If you want to defeat stuff in your life this year, it comes not by trying harder and behavior modification, but it comes by understanding the power of Christ that is within you as a new creation. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. This year, make a declaration. I want to know Christ because having healthy priorities will help us put God first. And here's a third one. Having healthy priorities causes us to find life. Now, this one follows on from the last thought because it continues the thought of seeking God's kingdom first. You see, in Matthew 16, 25, Jesus says these words. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. Now the disciples at that time were listening to this. And if this is the first time you've ever read that or heard anyone say it, they had the same reaction that you're probably having right now to this almost riddle that Jesus gives us. What, what do you mean, Jesus? If I try to hang on to my life, I'll lose it. But if I lose my life, and I'll, I'll gain it and I'll find it. What do you actually mean? What did Jesus mean in this moment? And when I've shared on this thought before, this verse in Matthew 16, 25, I've likened it to the film 127 Hours. How many of you have seen the film or you know of the film 127 Hours? Some of you. It's a good film. Well, I'll I'll let you determine as I go through it because it's a true story. And the true story is this, that there was a guy named Aaron Ralston. And Aaron Ralston decided that he was going to take up rock climbing. And so he one day went out, he'd he'd done a whole load of rock climbing, to take a long story, make it short. One Saturday morning he goes out and he's climbing and he's doing all this rock climbing and suddenly he gets his arm completely and utterly stuck. And nobody had known where he was going, he hadn't told anyone, he had no way of alerting anyone and his arm is completely and utterly stuck between these two boulders. And so he cries out for help and he's hoping somebody will find him. But over time, over the next five days, which where you get 127 hours from, over the next five days, his arm is completely lodged within it. He's sipping his drinking water, hoping that somebody would find him, and yet that person doesn't find him. And he gets to the first day, and he comes to a point where he has to accept, I'm going to die. The reality is nobody's found me. I've tried everything. I've tried to make my water last as long as possible. I I am going to die. And then he has this one final thought. And sorry if you're squeamish this morning. But he has one final thought, which is this. That if I'm going to get out of this alive, the only way I'm going to get out of this alive is this, that the arm has to go. And so he finds a pocket knife. Some of you are glad you came to church this morning. He (laughs) finds a pocket knife and he takes it out 
and he cuts his arm from below his elbow. He wraps it all up, abseils down, finds some people, they rush him to hospital, and he now goes around the world telling his story. Absolutely true story. Now, here's the reality of what he realized in that moment. That in order to save his life, in order to keep his life and gain something, he first had to lose something. And Jesus makes this point in what he's saying to the people, not that you have to cut your arm off. He's making this point that if you want to follow him, if you want to find life in abundance, then your plan and your priorities may have to change. You may have to lose something in order to fully gain something. Now, when Jesus says this, he says this phrase, whoever loses his life for me will find it. He uses this Greek word for that phrase, will find it, horisko which is where we get the original word, or the English word, eureka, this phrase, eureka. If you grew up in England, you know what that phrase means, eureka. Basically, I found it. That's a eureka moment where you realize this is what I've been looking for all this time. And Jesus is saying, if you want to find this eureka life, this life that everybody is looking for, this life that is healthy and prosperous, this life purpose, it comes by you this year saying, do you know what, God? Not my plans for my life, but everything that you have in store for my life. It comes from seeking God's will first. Now, here's the problem. and Here's why some people don't like this thought. Because in their mind, when they came to Jesus, Jesus made their rubbish life a little bit better. And they don't understand the fullness of what it means to give their life to Jesus. So they come along and Jesus is almost like the genie in the lamp. They rub the lamp, out comes Jesus, gives you the wishes that make your life and your dreams for your life come to pass. When the reality is, Jesus says, I'm not against you planning or having priorities for your life. But he's saying in this moment, if you want to find the eureka life of righteousness and peace and joy, then you've got to be willing to let God have the final say on your plans. And you've got to let God say, Set your priorities. What does it mean to set important? Uh, why is it important to set healthy priorities? Sorry, because your actions stem from your priorities, and healthy priorities remove distractions and they create focus. They help us put God first, and they cause us to find true life. Okay, that's the why. Let's look at a moment about the how. How do we create healthy priorities? The first one won't catch you. By surprise, it's fairly evident. The first thought is this. Ask God for his opinion and his wisdom this year. At the start of a brand new year, ask God for his wisdom and his opinion. It's crazy how many times, even as followers of Jesus, we just plow on ahead without asking God for his wisdom and his guidance in our life. James 1 verse 5 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Psalm 119, 105 Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So many of us are saying, where is it that I want to go this year? What is it that I want to achieve? What is it that I want to see come to pass in my life? The psalmist says, God, it's your word. It's your will. It's your word that is a lamp unto my feet to guide my feet. Your word is a light for my path. Proverbs 16, 9. We can make our plans, but it's the Lord who determines our steps. Now, what does that mean? What does that look like? It means this. I can have my plans and my priorities. God's not against that this morning. But God, you are free to order or determine my steps. Now, 
The reason that we invite God's wisdom is, is fairly obvious because every area of your life, the health of every area of your life is determined first and foremost by how, how your spiritual health is doing. Everything flows from your spiritual health. Your relationships flow from your spiritual health. Your understanding of your purpose flow from your spiritual health. That is your priority. So this year as we look over 2024, as you say, this is what I want to see come to pass. This is my hopes. These are my dreams. These are my priorities. Let me ask you, have you actually sought God's opinion? Have you taken a moment to pause and invite God's wisdom into your life? Are you seeking his will in his word? Have you pulled away from the noise of a crowd and said, God, what is it that you have in store for my life this year? What are your priorities for my life this year? You see, Jesus was a great model of this for us. Jesus was a busy man. You think, well, I'm really busy. I've had a really busy week. Read the Gospels. Right, Jesus is in one place and he's preaching to a crowd. He goes to another village, he's preaching. He's healing the sick, he's doing this, he's making sure he isn't killed, he runs away from that, he's here. But he did everything out of a place of rest. Jesus was incredibly busy, Jesus was incredibly effective, but he did everything from a place of rest. How? Why was that the reality in his life? Because he had a clear sense of vision and direction through spending time with the Father in prayer. You read the Gospels, and Jesus went off early to pray. And Jesus took himself away from the crowd to pray. And Jesus went up to the hill to pray. And as he sought time with the Father for vision and direction, Jesus knew his priorities because he was in tune with his Father's desires. Our priorities aren't always clear-cut. You know, your priorities this year, they look different in different seasons and different moments of life. And we'll miss the priorities God has for us if we aren't sensitive to his voice. So invite God's wisdom. Invite God's opinion into your life at the beginning of this year. And from that, here's the second thought. It's time to do some honest evaluation. We're going to end with this thought. It's time to do some honest evaluation. You will not change your life this year by remaining on autopilot. If there are things that you want to see change in your life with God's help, then there has to be some change about how you're setting about things. If you want a different outcome, there has to be some change in what you are doing in every single area of your life. If, if you want to see change in your spiritual health, there has to be change in the way that we're approaching God. If you want to see some change in your relationships, in your finances, in your physical health, we have to, with God's help, become intentional. And the start of that so often it's creating room for honest reflection and examination of where we are. Without overanalyzing everything, without burying our head in the sand. The, the, the scriptures talk about what it is to take a moment to have some honest evaluation. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church and said, examine yourself before you take communion. Take a moment to pause and examine where you are with God. David asked this of God in Psalm 139, 23 to 24. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. What was David doing? He was taking some time for some honest evaluation and asking God to be a part of it because only God knows the truth of what is going on in our hearts and in our minds and in our life. 
So if we want 2024 to be a healthy and prosperous year for us, that may mean that we start off with some honest reflection and evaluation while asking God for his wisdom and his input. Here's, here's your homework this week. You say, well, I don't want homework from church. Well, don't do it then. But the reality is you know that we don't teach for just Sunday morning revelation alone. We teach for Sunday to the next Sunday life transformation. Amen. So here's what I want to encourage you to do at the beginning of this year. Find some time to pull away from the crowd. Find a moment. Now, be realistic about this because, you know, what I'm not saying is ring up your boss and say, oh, I can't be in for the next three days. I'm going to a spiritual retreat up on the hills because my pastor told me to, you know, if you try that with your spouse as well and they're looking after the kids, that's not going to go down well for your relationship. So be realistic. It may look like, you know, just go for a walk. Get up 20 minutes earlier, pull some time aside. But if you've just rushed, it's so easy to come out of that December, New Year period and rush straight full speed ahead into the new year and before you know it, you're catching up with yourself. Take some time to pull away whatever that looks like realistically for you. Grab a notebook if that's your wiring. Get your phone out, make notes if that's your wiring. Just, just reflect if that's your wiring. Whatever it looks like for you, take time to read this Psalm 139, 23 to 24 take time to reflect and pray say God search my heart see if there's anything within me test me and lead me along the path of everlasting life and as you do take time to ask God God what are your priorities for my life this year I don't just want to hear from this person I don't just want to hear from that God I want to hear from you what is your wisdom what area of my life is unhealthy right now See, the reality is, as I said at the start, life says that so often one area of our life is in health and another needs work on. But you say, God, spiritually, where am I at? What are my priorities over the coming months that I would end this year in a place where I look back and I'm healthy and prosperous in all areas of my life? Once you've done that over the coming days, listen to what the Holy Spirit reveals to you. Because when you draw close to God, he will draw close to you. As you ask him for that wisdom, he will give it to you. But as we spoke about in our prayer series, this isn't just one-way communication. But you're saying, God, this is what I see. God, take time to hear from the throne room of God of what he has for your life. Because a healthy and prosperous 2024 will stem out of having healthy, godly priorities this coming year. Let's just close our eyes. Let's pray this morning. I hope that's helpful for you at the start of a brand new year. As I said, next week we're going to talk about our mindsets a week after our relationships. But this morning we have an opportunity, just before we rush into the week ahead or whatever that looks like, just to take a moment to say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? But as I was sharing those words this morning, no doubt there's different things that impact different people. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you in this moment from what you've heard from God's Word today? What area of your life do you know that you need to come before God and say, God, I want to bring health and prosperity to this area of my life. So often we can kid ourselves. So often we can just journey on through and not take time to say, God, this area of my life is unhealthy. 
whatever that looks like for you. It will look so different for different people. But what area of your life do you need to say, Holy Spirit, I come before you with honesty today. And I say, would you give me wisdom? Would you give me strength to change this area of my life? Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is living and active, sharp and a double-edged sword. Lord, I thank you that it divides soul and spirit. Father, I thank you that as your word goes forth, it never returns void, but it always does what it's been sent to do. And Father, I thank you that as we've heard your truth today, that it would just marinate in our hearts, that we wouldn't just walk out of here and just forget about it and get on with our week but we would take time to pull away at one point or another over the coming week or couple of weeks and say God what is it that you have in your priority list for my life God help us to be people who aren't just church attenders on a Sunday morning but help us to be people who say God I want to seek your kingdom first I want to know Christ I want to seek your kingdom first in every single area of who I am over this coming year and Father, I thank you that as we do and as we walk in your ways, and as we are obedient to what you call us to do, we will experience that healthy and prosperous year ahead. Lord, we can't account for what's going to come this year. We can't account in January on how people are going to treat us, what's going to take place. But we make a decision today that as far as we can, we will position ourselves to be living the most spiritually healthy and prosperous year that we can. Just keep your eyes closed in this moment because I just want to give an opportunity for anybody here at the start of a brand new year to give their lives to Jesus. Maybe you've never done this or maybe you once have done this but you've walked away from Him. And today it's an opportunity just to come back into relationship with Him. The greatest priority you can have is to have a walking relationship with Jesus Christ. But we've sung about this morning who died for you. And so I'm going to give you an opportunity just to begin a relationship today. You're not going to understand everything overnight. There's a journey that unpacks from this. But every relationship begins with an introduction and a hello. This is what we're doing this morning. This is the opportunity we're giving to you today just to begin that relationship. So we're going to pray a prayer. And we're going to invite every single person to pray this prayer after me. Let's just repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you created me for a purpose and for a relationship with you. I know that sin got in the way of that. But I thank you that you sent Jesus who died for my sin and rose again to defeat death and the power of sin. Heavenly Father, please forgive my past. Wash me clean and make me brand new. I give you my future. Amen. Just keep your eyes closed in this moment. If that's you and maybe you're here today and you want to make that commitment for the very first time or you want to come back into relationship with him this morning and I'm just going to ask you to do something really simple I promise you I'm not going to embarrass you or put a spotlight on you but if that's you I just want to have the opportunity to pray for you this morning rejoice with you so just one simple thing that I'm going to ask you to do just just raise your hand in that moment this moment if that's you today and 
maybe we're all already walking with God, but I want to give this opportunity for anybody who is here today and you say, for the very first time, we're coming back into relationship with God, then this is your moment to do so. Thank you. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this year ahead. I thank you that it's full of potential. Father, I thank you. We take you at your word as we sang this morning over every single area of our lives. Thank you that your promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And thank you for everything that you're going to do in our lives, in our families, and in our church family as well. Father, we thank you for all we're going to see in this community, Lord. We thank you for all the lives that we're going to see saved and radically transformed. Father, we're going to thank you for all the increase that we're going to see in our lives and in our church. To you be the glory, we pray. In the precious name and most powerful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Let's just give Him praise and thanks this morning. We just pray you have a great week. Don't rush off. Stick around for free tea and coffee this morning.